Welcome to this episode of the Erasing Shame podcast. I'm joined with Pastor Jen Lee, who's in Atlanta, even though his background is the San Francisco Bay Bridge. So don't get that, don't let that confuse you. His heart does stay connected to San Francisco. Uh, DJ Chuang here in Orange County, California. But I will be going to Atlanta in just a few more days. So much has been happening, Jen. So good to connect with you again on Zoom. Yeah, I love these podcasts, DJ. It's just give you a lot of prop for just being faithful to this. So thank you so much for making space for me to share our journey together. Well, I was so delighted to meet you in person on July 20th, a couple episodes back on Erasing Shame here. I shared my own experience of being there. I was so honored and surprised to be invited. And uh, someone from the um, SAMHSA, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Association, actually listened to my podcast and confirmed that I was invited because of my work with Christian Asian Mental Health as well as Asian Mental Health Collective. So I was being seen for all the things that I was doing in this mental health space as a volunteer, um, while most everybody else in the room were you know, paid professionals and health professionals and whatever else. And the work is so big, we need uh, all hands on deck. And so I want to get uh, a sense of what the experience was like from you. And then we'll talk about all the things that's happened since then. Yeah, um, I was truly honored to represent Mustard Seed Generation. Dr. Josephine Kim was out of the country and could not attend. And then also ED was in uh, West Coast. And it was such a sudden um, request that we were invited and had to go through security compliance and all mm -hmm. that. And that was a little bit challenging. And then I literally bought my ticket the day before I was supposed to fly out. So I took a red mm -hmm. eye, got into Baltimore, took the train down. I slept. <laughs> I slept at the airport. It was wow. such a journey to get there. But once I got to Washington, D.C., you get a sense of like, wow, this is where it happens. Right. You see monuments and just the. And so I was just like awed by that. And I think they did a phenomenal job of bringing everybody in the nation to address mental health. It was so honored that White House could host this event. All right. And they're serious about mental health. And then to see the crowd to be all Asian American, you know, we're doing amazing work to be under one sitting, collaborating, learning, listening, networking. It was, a, I felt very encouraged. Wow, we're going to put a dent in this uh, mental health and AAPI community. So that, and then meeting you for the first time, putting actual physical you know, body to us always being on mm -hmm. Zoom. That was mm -hmm. such a kindred spirit of just God working, saw that. And then DJ, man, I felt like yeah. you were the center of so many networks. You knew so many people. And then you introduced me to at least five significant people. And so your work, even though it's volunteering, it's, I think, greater impact than these people who are get paid, to be honest, to be honest. Yeah. Well, so that's my uh, summary. The need is so urgent, and I can't wait for funding and dotting all the I's and crossing the T's and filling out grants and uh, fitting myself into the hoops of um, how organizations work. I frankly don't know how uh, organizations work and don't care to figure it out. And so I, I'm doing it the best that I can do with no budget and no staff. And yeah, God's been kind to uh, show some favor and 
people are cheering me on. I just started, get this, I just started get, getting organized and uh, put together email newsletter. So, <laughs> so I've been you know, doing this podcast have, since 2018. You know. I just started the email newsletter. And oftentimes when people are starting a new, new initiative, they say the first thing you got to do is capture emails because that's how you build an audience and you can start monetizing them. Uh, five years later, I'm I'm just starting. So. <laughs> here, here's some comfort, DJ. I think if Jesus were to come here and address mental health, I think he would do it your route. <laughs> well, thanks for the encouragement. And because we met uh, there in D.C. in person, mm -hmm. uh, God's been orchestrating things behind the scenes, even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it. And I found out about this grant opportunity about a week and a half after that event, uh, I was I mean, still actively network uh, whenever I can with different people, researchers, um, grant people, mental health advocates, and a um, post-research post scholar at University of California, Irvine, shared with me a grant inquiry from the Templeton Foundation, and they're a huge foundation. They're doing some amazing things in terms of on Wednesday and things that help with human flourishing and thriving. And one of their subcategories was in the areas of human service and spirituality, and specifically about uh, what is what is valuable at the intersection of spirituality and mental health. And so we started zoning in on that we started having conversations that we started having conversations with all kinds of people around the country i've tapped my uh so-called rolodex i don't have a rolodex i just have emails and scattered notes here and there uh, you started having conversations we just had uh we were like kids in the candy store talking with people and just learning about what's happening in asian american faith and mental health. What was that experience like for you as we were just learning about just how big this issue is mm -hmm. and at the same same time, how little is going on? Yeah, I've been, um, so some words that uh, I can put is, I've never sprinted so much in a cause <laughs> after you brought this and say, Jen, I found, this grant uh and i was like oh sure i'll help him out and then but that just opened up the doors to meeting some phenomenal work that we are and and so we're not alone so i was very encouraged uh i was very encouraged about that and then second we got a lot to do i mean without a doubt right we got a lot to do uh in this and i think there's so much um kaleidoscope of you know um sectors that we can go and so i think the john templeton grant if god shows a lot of favor it really is going to possibly allow all the spectrum of the kaleidoscope to shine because the john templeton grant is a national uh spearheading possibly all the different um sectors and trying to bring it together and so we're excited mm -hmm. about just even i'm just excited about even the writing the grant that oh we, oh, we have a still we have a template possibly to address uh, mental health for asian american communities so that was great that we all the ideas that we had we were able to formulate on a paper 
And uh, if we get funded, then obviously we can really actualize it and and incarnate it in flesh and and see if we can make a, a dent within our lifetime of mental health. So all in all, it was a wonderful journey, to be honest, working with you, connecting, your gifting. I mean, you just have an amazing Rolodex of people that you've really stewarded well and uh, to be able to articulate over and over. And as we met people, our grant became more refined and mm -hmm. some doors closed and that was mm -hmm. rightfully needed to be closed. Some doors opened. And I think that just mm -hmm. as we met different people, scholars, as well as yes. people who are under the grounds doing things, we that that paper just kind of weaved itself every time we met different people. And so it just got better and better, I felt. And so, yeah, yeah, I was very proud. I've written many grants. I was really super proud of this one, to be honest. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, so I want to um, share a little, one of the biggest piece of the grant, I think, is going to help us move forward in the Asian American Pacific Islander faith communities and mental health uh, issue. Uh, but before I uh, unpack our big idea there, how we have these quad groups uh -huh. that we're seeking to convene because it identifies one of the uh, most strategic gaps. And there's gaps all over the place, the, uh -huh. across the whole spectrum. When we talk about um, awareness, and then accessibility, and then availability, and affordability, all, all those things were mentioned at the um, White House Initiative for Mental Health. So there are so many needs across the board, uh, so many issues that still need to be um, worked on and people are diligently working on it, but there's one strategic piece that we think can make um, a bigger difference and kind of take us to that next place. But before I uh, 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 unpack that, I wanted to get a pulse on your passion because uh, for me, it's a matter of life and death, quoting the OC Register article that I was interviewed in back in 2013 when I first went public with my own mental health struggle with bipolar disorder. And since that time, I've come to realize, oh, as I share that and give glory to God, he opens doors for ministry. And um, this is a continuing unfolding of that, how I can uh, spend more of my time and skills and relational capital to help in Asian American faith and mental health. But you have a, a different way you've come at this. And it has to do with uh, something you call statistics that really stirred yeah, yeah. a fire and urgency why you wanted to take action. Yeah, yeah, I would say, that... yes. Thank you for that. Um, so there's three pivotal things that is a night um, kind of a spark. The three sparks in my life in the area of mental health is I also have a lived experience on mental health myself. I, Yes, I was a pastor in ministry. There was a point in my life where things broke down significantly. And it was really, really hard for me to say, I'm broken. I need help. That was hard. It took me an even longer time to get counseling. Even longer time to find the right counselor. Right? And so that journey of... Um, it. Yeah, the, the stigma, the shame is so real in the Asian American culture. And I am uh, I'm an example of that. It took me a long time and still working through, right? Uh, 
So that's a personal lived experience, right? And that's one. Second one is the statistics that you're talking about. So muscle C generation is a very, very important catalyst in my life to really educate me and bring awareness. And in the mental health training that um, Muscle City Generation has, it's an eight-part, eight-week course. We are It's asynchronous and synchronous. We um, There's homework that we do on our own, and then we meet as a cohort, and we dialogue. It's, you know, um, yeah, check out Muscle City Generation. I love msc.org, and they have uh, um, that training still going on. In that training, there was a statistic that was shared. And... It was the first time I listened to it, first time I was aware of it, right? And the statistic is Korean Americans make 3% of the population, but the suicide rate is 30%. We have to interrupt here on that statistics because upon the uh, instant replay, (laughs) we weren't sure what the 30% was actually referring to. So we're trying to nail down exactly what that number is and what is the uh, suicide rate and uh, mortality count for Korean American suicides. But it's just too high. I mean, any number is too high. So I'm going to link in the show notes uh, at erasingshame.com to this journal article about uh, cross-national comparison of increasing suicidal mortality rates for Koreans in the Republic of Korea and Korean Americans in the USA. And uh, we're going to keep working at figure out just exactly how bad things are. It's such a tragedy. And so I said to myself, Lord, uh, if I can do something, let me um, make a dent in that statistics somehow, you know? And so that's that's one, the second spark. The third spark would be my kids. Um, you know, because of fallen men and, you know, there is it just repeats itself the cycle right of uh our culture and and our, and so you know unfortunately my kids i see seeds of uh wow there there's some mental health things happening in their life and so um i want to provide an easier avenue than me and what i went through and so for them and i, I see it everywhere i work with high school volunteers and Many of my volunteers just come up to me, come to me, and crying and say, "Mr. Lee, I cannot continue in volunteering." And they say, "I'm just, I'm just overwhelmed." And and we find out it's mental health, right? Um, and so, yeah, those three are sparks. Um, you know, this is not my realm of expertise by no means. This uh, I didn't go to schooling in this. Uh, I'm just a pastor who serves in a nonprofit, and I'm going to spend my energy in my lifetime to fight as best I can locally, nationally, so that we can um, make a positive impact. Um, and so I would say it's my second mission right, in, in my life to address this, and I'll bring all my resources that I have toward it. Thank you, Jen. It's so mm-hmm. um, amazing that God has brought us together at this yeah. time in our life and i feel like it's a partnership that will be uh the rest of our lives yeah to, amen. Uh, really bring a uh, kingdom impact together i love your heart for collaboration and uh, coalition building 
And so the big idea that we've come around is while I'm raising awareness and some education through the Racing Shame podcast, um, uh, featuring stories from people with lived experience, because that erasing shame and stopping stigma is more than half the battle because Asian Americans are three times less likely than uh, Caucasians to seek professional mental health and uh, the least likely of any uh, ethnic racial grouping. And then as part of this grant writing, I've been digging up more research and the mental health crisis, not just here in the US, it's also an epidemic in Asia. So yeah. this one, this one grabbed my attention today. 61% of the suicide in the world is in Asia. That is way disproportionate. I know there's a lot of people in Asia, you know, 2 billion in China, India alone, but 61% of the world's suicide are in Asia. And, and there's parts of Asia that's, that are very wealthy, right? So it's not an issue of wealth or um, social strata per se. It's, it's all the other pressures um, and, and intergenerational trauma and all that. So it is a global crisis. And yeah. here, in, here in America, we have anti-Asian hate. We have other factors that really aggravate us. But to get to the heart of where we feel it's most strategic across the spectrum, there's great people doing research, great people doing medication. We're learning so much about neuroscience. We're beginning to be more uh, intentional about language access and disaggregated data and uh, finding ways to fund and train up more uh, culturally competent, race-conscious uh, therapists and counselors. But one of the biggest um, things that we we want to see is the connection between the pastor and the counselor. And so we had a conversation with Irene Cho up in Chicago, and she was such an inspirational pioneer because she has a network for Asian American therapist in Chicago called CATCH. I'll add a link in the show notes. Um, sorry, I forget what the acronym stands for. Something like Chicago Area Asian American Therapists Together. And then uh, she also has a little network called Pastors and Counselors Together. Right. And they meet together yeah. once a quarter and share a meal and do some learning about the intersection and the value of bringing spiritual um, resources and um, mental health therapy and counselor and best practices. And they've been doing that for several years now. And that inspired us and helped us solidify our uh, imagination to say, that's the kind of thing that needs to happen across the country. Now, we can't hit every city, but we can hit seven or eight strategic cities. And what are the four groups that you felt strategic to bring together, Jen? Yeah, I think, you know, um, pastors, religious leaders, because they are the front line. And, you know, churches are the weekly gathering of Asians, right? No other institution on a regular basis meet to bring them together. So I think definitely, without a doubt, um, you know, Asian pastors or religious leaders or faith leaders need to be part of this gathering. 
Other one is clinicians, right? Therapists and counselors need to be part of this gathering. I think um, academians or uh, those who are in um, higher ed education in the field of uh, psychology, mental health, because they're doing research, right? They're doing the leading upfront evidence-based work. And so it'd be great to know what are the latest things that is happening as well as uh, you know, collaborative work that they could happen uh, to make a bigger impact. And so they need to be part of this gathering. And the last one would be nonprofits, Asian American nonprofits who who are serving the Asian constituents. And so they can um, bring about any mental health programs under the service of uh, the nonprofit. So nonprofit leaders are working in uh, Asian American sectors. Because we learned from the White House, the best way for mental health is to be served is to do a warm handshake. What I mean by this, if a nonprofit has, let's say, um, medical services, now that individual client who are getting trusted to continue to come will trust the referral in that same building to a mental health versus them coming cold call into a mental health clinic, right? And so I think that was phenomenal understanding that was uh, shared at the at the White House that said, hey, there's higher percentage of Asian American uh, going to mental health service if it's a warm handshake from another service, right? And so there's many wraparound services that many Asians are doing wonderful work in the nonprofit sector. If we can couple them with some of these mental health, it'd be so much accessibility would be greater, right? It'll be a greater accessibility. So I think um, they need to be part of this gathering. So that's four uh, groups that we would love to convene on a regular basis so they can truly work together and not siloed or work against. And so I think trust is critical to this collaborative work, right? And so if we can mm -hmm. slowly bring frequency of meetings so that mm -hmm. some of the walls can come down between each other of these different entities, mm -hmm. I think we can make a great impact together. Yeah, yeah trust, trust takes time. Yeah, yeah, the relationship takes time. I think it needs to happen nationally that fosters locally, right? It just can't yes. be this national gathering of these spaces, but that needs to translate into local work. Right, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm so glad, Jen, uh, Jen, that you also have an appreciation for technology. Yeah, because uh, especially, I mean, we're in 2023, post COVID, we've used technology, and yet we don't use it well. And so we want to be using the best of technology and in person hybrid approach. So uh, soon around the corner, Lord willing, as God would provide energy and perhaps funding. And even funding is not there. I think we're we're gonna do it, a a monthly online webinar where we provide this connection space between pastors and counselors that we begin building those relationship and then we meet in person. It just accelerates, kind of like you know you and I have been talking over Zoom for months, and then we got to meet in July, and it just accelerated our yeah. relationship. It was yeah. magical. Yeah, and we want to do that for pastors and uh, counselors across the country to the best of our ability. So those of you that are listening, if you're not a pastor um, and you're a Christian, you probably go to church. So tell your pastor to listen to this episode, to be praying with us. 
you know, in the political world, they do get out the vote. Mm-hmm. So we just clicked submit on this grant proposal uh, proposal inquiry um, on Saturday, on Friday, mm-hmm. and uh, they do this get out the vote thing in the political world. We we are getting out the prayer. So please pray mm-hmm. for us that as this grant inquiry uh, goes before the eyes of the program managers and the reviewers, that they would find favor uh, with our little project and invite us to submit for the. We ran into technical difficulties here and the rest of the audio is um, less quality than the previous 20 minutes. So we need your prayers to uh, have the grant reviewers approve and invite us into the final proposal process. And that's coming up on October 13th. So between now and October 13th, Appreciate your prayers. Between now and October 13th, that's that's the final date when they will announce those who will be invited to second round and uh, submit the full proposal. And I mean, maybe they even might notify us early if they really like what we're doing. I don't know. <laughs> you know yeah. October 13th is the final date. So please pray with us about this project we really desire to see the church and counselors work well together along with the best and latest research and uh, nonprofits so that we can be about the uh, work of bringing hope and healing to all asian americans and then even asians and even non-asians because we're we care about the whole person not just their spiritual life but also their bodily life their relationships and all the challenges of living in a broken world. Well, what else can I say about? Well, DJ, you got to remind them it's not a little project. What is the telling them how much the amount that we we requested? Oh, see, you were dreaming big. So <laughs> I was like, when I started filling that out, I was like, I could maybe do a ten thousand dollar grant, but I don't know how to like put my head around a million dollar grant. <laughs> yeah, and so I'm right. so grateful total- to that you helped me. Our total budget of this grant is two hundred fifty-five thousand. We're asking John Templeton to to see fund or one million for a three-year project, Mm -hmm. and so uh, we're gonna raise. We have to raise a quarter of a million ourselves, right? So Mm -hmm. um, we're not off the hook on this. Just uh, so, but yeah, like like DJ said, we need God and God's people to pray for a chance at this. It's way beyond us for sure. Mm -hmm. And so that was why one of the great things about this grant was a lot of collaborations happening. Uh, And so, uh, and so I'm excited about all the collaborative people who've decided to say, yeah, let's do it together. You know? And so I'm grateful for it. Thank you. Well, thank you for being my host in Atlanta as I come over there going cross-country, so I'm going to give um, our listeners and viewers a quick overview of my uh, my activities and also bring it to your attention um, because two, two of them, you, you can actually come if you're in Atlanta, uh, and one of them, if you're not in Atlanta, you can tune in for the live stream. So the main, the main thing that first got me flights scheduled for Atlanta was the board meeting and retreat for Asian Mental Health Collective. So that's not a faith-based venture, but it is the 
most significant digital advocacy uh, nonprofit on the internet, Asian Mental Health Collective, AsianMHC.org. We have a Facebook group called Subtle Asian Mental Health with 61,000 members where people can get peer share and support, where, where they can share anonymously their questions, their struggles, and get some support and validation for the challenges of life. And sometimes we'll give uh, suggestions and referrals if they ask for that. Um, it's a mod- Every post is moderated, so we keep it a safe place. 100% volunteer run for the past three or four years. And it's been incredible to see the enthusiasm, how much it's met the need for thousands. Uh, we had uh, annual co- conferences to continue raising awareness. We've had corporate sponsors that have helped us to subsidize uh, therapy for Asian Americans. We put together the largest Asian American therapist directory uh, around the country in 20 plus languages, and then also in Canada. And so it's just been a tremendous resource. Oh, and also uh, providing bonus therapy fund for continued education. So um, very um, honored to be a part of that organization because we are doing work that matters. Uh, research matters, but when people can get care, that matters a little bit more. I, I, I <laughs> just have to say, data is nice, but when people get cared for, that's even better. And when people get cared for, not just one at a time, which counseling provides, but tens and hundreds can get care through digital means. I'm like, oh man, that's that's so powerful. It doesn't cost so much. <laughs> um, so that's that's uh, the retreat I'll be at. And then while I'm there, so as I kind of tap my friends and new friends there in Atlanta, I got a speaking invite at Asian. Chinese Christian Church of Northwest. I'll add a link in the show notes. I'll be sharing my testimony on Saturday night, which is August 26th. And that event from Friday night through Sunday will be live streamed over Zoom. And so be sure to check the show notes at erasingshame.com so you can tune in anywhere in the country or even the world and hear the testimony and the teaching from Pastor Hugo Chang, as well as her, uh, his daughter, who has lived experience with mental health, and they're going to talk about mental health ministry, biblical teaching about mental health, also incorporate some art therapy, and I'll share my testimony, and how churches, big and small, can develop their own mental health ministry with five simple ingredients they all start with the letter S. I'll go ahead and give you the preview. Sermons, stories, seminars, support groups, and Sabbaths. I'll add a link in the show notes where I explain how those five things can create a culture of care in the church that those who are struggling can feel cared and supported. And it complements what counselors and therapists and medications do. Every church can do that. Empathetic people non-judgmental listening, attending to people. And then on Monday, 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 August 28th at lunch in Norcross, Georgia, Jin Lee and Talis Coalition, along with the uh, Atlanta has a little association alliance of Christians. 
do you, do you know the name of that organization? It's brand new to me. Yeah, it's Asian American Christian Collaborative Network of Atlanta, I believe. Fantastic. So they, they are a co-sponsor of this event on Monday, AAPI Faith and Mental Health. So we're going to create a space for dialogue, get to know each other, find out how we can come together to serve this urgent need for mental health, uh, caring for people on the ground, in our communities, in our churches, in our neighborhoods who have Asian background. And I think, um, Jen, um, we were on another call uh, earlier this week. You were mentioning how Atlanta's Asian American population is growing so fast. Can you give us a little snapshot of what's happening there in Atlanta? Yeah, a lot of Asian Americans are coming to Atlanta uh, because of the economic uh, companies from like big companies like Samsung and mm -hmm. um, battery plants are coming to Atlanta because a lot of the uh, incentive. And so we're bringing, they're bringing a lot of the uh, uh, um, workers from outside the country that are Asian coming in. But also because of such a um, diversity of Asians, so the top three population of Asian Americans are Chinese, Vietnamese, um, Korean, and then uh, Southeast Asia. Uh, it's very diverse, um, and the, each one of them are growing. Um, and then also the low cost of living in uh, Georgia, uh, and also especially in Gwinnett, the school system. And so a lot of Asians are coming to Gwinnett, which is the number eight, but it's really number three because Hawaii is like, take, they, take, they take a lot of the diversity, but in you know, mainland, I think Gwinnett County, the county that we're in is number three, most number three, third diverse city in the United States. And so um, you'll know when you drive here, the, all these different, uh, mm -hmm. restaurants and billboards are all in their, you know, the uh, mother language. And so, yeah, it's growing. It's growing. It's growing further north from the metro. Mm -hmm. uh, and so everywhere you do see a lot of Asians. So it's a good thing that's happening. But with that, as we know, there's a lot of other uh, and things that are happening and we're behind. And the area that we're really behind, I feel like, is the area of mental health. It's not pervasive. There's no space that I can say on a regular basis that are promoting, advocating, um, and giving resource to. And so there mm -hmm. needs to be a lot more uh, going on for mental health in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not. Yeah. Yeah. So Monday, there is such a thing as free lunch. Monday, August 28th, if you're in Atlanta or you know someone in Atlanta and they don't have to be a pastor or a counselor or work with a nonprofit. If you just want to have lunch and meet Jen or meet me or just want to have free lunch, come RSVP for free. We want to pack that room out. Um, please uh, help us get the word out. We'd love to meet you in person as well. Okay, so it's an open invite. We really want to learn how we can uh, serve together and put a tent and, mm -hmm. and help many yeah. more in mental health. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. One one last thing about the Atlanta thing, and I just remembered. Oh, and then we're going to DC together. That's right. So the one plug I would love to get the audience member to attend is really the AAPI 
um, clinicians or therapists or counselors to be there. We do have a large turnout that's probably going to be more pastors, but we'd love to have a balance if possible. Uh, and we do have some nonprofits we'll be attending, but we don't have, we have a small turnout for the API clinicians, therapists, and counselors. So if we can just say a shout out to please come, you're welcome. We need you. We need your wisdom. We need your uh, guidance uh, as we learn to, from each other. Yeah. Thank you. And then, um, and then both you and I will be in DC again on September 7th. That's and right. That is an event hosted by the Health and Human Services Partnership Center for Faith and Communities. And that conference is on faith, community, and mental health. And the theme is the urgency of now. Wow, that, that is so true. And uh, we're so grateful to be invited. Uh, Kay Warren will be the closing keynote. She happens to be the uh, co-founding pastor at Saddleback Church, where I attend. And so I'll get to see her. You'll get to see her. So that will be live streamed as well. So make sure you RSVP for that. Again, the show notes at erasingshame.com. We'll have a link to that. So whether you're in the D.C. area, want to come in in person, we'd love to meet you. If not, watch the live stream. It's going to be a valuable time about resources for faith communities in the areas of mental health. And this one's going to be much more practical. So they're going to talk about the issues, but they're going to share about the resources, one of which is funding. So that, that actually made it on the list of topics. I'm like, oh, I mean, funding is the fuel for how we get work done. So really, really, really look forward to that. Plus, I'll get to see my baby niece, who's uh, going to be 20 months old. So nice. it's also a family visit for me. Okay, that's that's all got for this episode. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Erasing Shame fans. And again, I do have a newsletter now with an update that I'll send out once a month. No more than once a month, just once a month. So it doesn't flood your inbox. We just want to keep you updated, connected to what's happening, invite you in when you feel inspired to jump in. Love to meet you during my travels or set up a Zoom meeting. My, my calendar's available online. Uh, I'll add a link to that on my home. On erasingshame.com if you'd like to talk in person, privately, or ways we could partner We'd love to help in any way i can jen so such a joy to talk with you on this episode look forward to seeing you in person give you a big hug on <laughs> saturday at lunch and we're gonna have some great time hanging out together in person yeah uh, shoulder to shoulder elbow to elbow thank you for listening to the erasing shame podcast check out the show notes at erasingshame.com and subscribe to our email for updates. We would love to hear from you, so please add your comments at our website or on social. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcast app, and you can also subscribe on YouTube or follow on Facebook. Please add a rating and review so we can reach more people with our message of health, hope, and compassion. This podcast is the digital outreach of Christian Asian Mental Health.